BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM with Joe Ostrowski. Lion stuff is just, oh my God, I just want to vomit. Aaron Hawksworth. That's all I have to say to that. And Ed Egros. We will do the work for you. On the BetQL Network. Three by one to the right side. Looks that way. Throws that way. Caught. Nakua. Touchdown. Well, it must be near a long holiday weekend or someone going on vacation if you see my face and or hear my voice. Chris Mack in for Professor Egros today. Joining Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth and the gang here on BetQL Daily. Puka Nakua. Touchdown. Uh, Puka, huge game for the Rams who struck early and often and more or less take out the Saints' legs. Uh, They would be cooked if not for the fact that they're in the NFC South. Uh, We will get into Thursday night football, what it means for each of those teams going forward and start to take an early peek at a Week 16 slate that is spread out over multiple days from Saturday through Monday, Christmas Day, triple header there. But welcome into BetQL Daily. You can follow us on Twitter at BetQL Daily. You can obviously watch the show here on Twitch, twitch.tv slash BetQL and the Odyssey Sports YouTube channel. And hopefully you're listening wherever you are. Maybe you're out on the road early today, driving back uh, over the hills and through the woods to grandmother's house or wherever you're spending the holiday weekend. We appreciate you taking us with you on your free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y and live coast to coast on the BetQL Network. John Daigle from 4 for 4 and BetSpart is going to join us in about an hour to start the second hour of our three-hour, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern every single weekday extravaganza as we take a detailed look at Week 16. Friends, it, it shouldn't surprise us that the Saints are falling to bits, much like Derek Carr's body, falling to bits right there before our very eyes, their playoff hopes. <laughs> Um, they've, they're down to, I think it's 24% now after we go, uh, going into the game at 41%. And the Rams, I don't know, they're figuring some things out. They've got the fourth best, I believe it is, playoff uh, percentage in uh, ESPN's FPI index right now. So they're looking pretty good, uh, the Rams, especially after last night's win. In fact, if the playoffs started tomorrow, Matt Stafford and the Rams would be headed to Detroit. I know how much you love Ooh. the Lions, Joe. Uh, <laughs> Give me the Rams. Give me the Rams right now in that one. Look, um, I saw your tweet, and it was already too late. It looked like you had already made the play, but when I saw you're yeah. on the Saints, Chris, I'm like, oh, no, he's on Ooh. the wrong side. Contrarian we were told yesterday. Play. Yeah, we were Silly told yesterday. Play. Dennis Allen's a defensive mastermind. No, 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 no. You see those 30 points put up by the Rams? That is, along with the Bills, the Rams are probably the hottest offensive football going right now. Like, you don't want any part of them. And much of the season, I've had a tough time, just as dominant as the Niners have been, and, and we see it with the point spread in their matchup against the Ravens this weekend. But as dominant as they've been, I've kind of hesitated. There hasn't been a team where I'm like, yeah, you know what? I think they could take San Francisco or or they're extremely dangerous. They're a threat to San Francisco as the season has played out. And the more and more I look at it and you see flawed teams like Detroit, like New Orleans falling off and the number of quarterback injuries that we've had. The one thing that I've circled back to a few times is the Rams. I, I think they're as dangerous as anyone. 
in that conference. And that is ridiculous for where we were at the start of the season. There was talk about Sean McVay's going to tank. Sean McVay's going to get his hand-picked quarterback out of this strong college class. And we are very far from that. If I have one of the higher seeds in the NFC playoffs, I do not want to be matched up with McVay in the Rams in, in wild card weekend. I don't want any part of that. How about you, Aaron? Yeah, me either. I mean, the only thing about the Rams is maybe defensively, I think it would be tough to, you know, to match up with team like San Francisco, but offensively, amazing. Uh, I mean, they are just clicking. They've got lots of weapons. At the beginning of the season, I didn't really think Sean McVay was going to take. I thought this guy has an opportunity to retire or go have a nice media career, get away from coaching. He just had a baby. Right. And I thought there's this guy's so competitive. He's going to try to find a way to get things going. And sure enough, here we are. I guess part of it was probably luck on my part, but just knowing what a competitor Sean McVay is and the offensive mind that he is, I'm not shocked to see the Rams where they are right now. Yeah, that would be something. You think about some of the secondaries that are out there on the NFC postseason landscape. Yeah, I'm looking at you, Philly. Could you imagine what – uh, the Rams may do to that mess. Uh, plus, they've Ooh. got the one-two punch with Kyron Williams in the backfield. Uh, he went over his 89 and a half, 91 and a half, all the, all the different rushing props last night. You do have Puka. You still got Cooper Cup. Uh, Puka, offensive rookie of the year case, maybe. I don't know. CJ Stroud, the prohibitive favorite there. I think you'd have mm-hmm. to have you'd have to have really bad news that I don't think any of us wants to hear regarding CJ Stroud's availability the last two weeks. I know it's not likely he plays this weekend. I still think he's obviously the prohibitive favorite for a reason, but Puka's made a great case uh, in a year where maybe there weren't a rookie quarterback like CJ Stroud going off the way he has the highlight of this one, at least the broadcast guys may have been Kirk Herbstreet showing off his intimate knowledge of the biggest off-season acquisition in baseball history. They just showed Shohan or Tony, Tony up on the yeah. <laughs> Old Shohan. Old Shohan Otani. Uh, on a day where the Dodgers also landed Yamamoto, they've got Shohan Otani there in his Rams jersey, Joe. Um, I don't think I've seen a turn. You know what? I, I think that entire booth, like the whole country – Used to love both of them, and I feel like everyone's turned on both turned on both Al and Herbie, and I don't know what it is. The only reason that people are still positive on Herbie in any sense is because of his dog, not because of him. Like I think he realized, like he he was feeling some of the hate that was going on out there, and, and he started bringing his dog everywhere, put him on social media. Uh, but yeah, like yeah, Herbie's a clown, whatever. He needs to cut back on some of the jobs. He really does. Like he's spread way too thin and it's evident in, in his various broadcasts that he's doing, but uh, I, you know, I've had good interactions with him. Um, I, yeah, go ahead, Aaron. I was just going to hit. I was the, just going to say also thing. maybe it's the whole Amazon thing. Like Thursday night football, We're you're pushing still back. trying to like find the game and you're like, Oh, it's on Amazon. Sometimes right. I still forget. And we're this late in the season. It's annoying. And so I would be mad just for that reason. There's <laughs> going to be arguments across America tomorrow. I'm telling you, grandma doesn't want 
peacock and <laughs> we need it for the game and she's very confused she doesn't have internets like yeah. it's there's gonna there's oh, gonna be a man. lot of drama there's gonna be a lot she's of drama mad. she's mad that you kids want to sit down and watch football uh, uh -huh. when, when you came to visit her anyway what's wrong with you and now right. you're gonna put an app on my television i don't understand how i don't have works. apps what are you doing what's an there app I, what my tv doesn't have open. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a zenith on the floor. Like, I, yeah. I will say there is still something, even though he's clearly like just riding the string out, he's on fumes, there is still something endearing to those of us of a certain age in just the sound of Al Michaels' voice. I'm sorry. Al Michaels could be yeah. reading the telephone book, and it's like, okay, this is what sports sounds like to my generation, you know? Even if he's completely and totally disinterested at times. And he's better. Like, for us... He yep. was the one that was always on the cutting edge along with Uncle Brent. And, you know, Brent doesn't do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Al does. So we can, we can point to Al. And now it's like, it's like beneath Al. Like he's not even giving you the gambling references because he's like, well, everybody's in on it. It's on the screen the entire game. It's yeah. everywhere. Like it's it, no fun for him anymore. It's too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Paul, Paul Aspen is melting down before our very eyes on Comeback Player of the Year. Like I, I had quickly mentioned one of the awards and a shift in the market um, before we jumped on the air after yeah. last night's result. And he's like, yeah, Coach of the Year. Oh, no, you're talking Stafford. You're talking Stafford Comeback. Never even entered my mind about Stafford Comeback Player of the Year. I don't think this Puka stuff is garbage. I really don't. And I don't have a wager on it. If Shroud misses more than the second game that he's, we're told he's going to miss this mm -hmm. weekend, this is legitimate. Uh, Puka can set all-time records this year. He could set the all-time record for a wide receiver uh, this season. Like He's not that far off at the moment. So the record is 1473, and after last night, he's at 1327 with two games left. As long as he stays healthy, he's going to break the record and – you want to talk about a massive move in that market. He's all the way down. I see a six to one, also an eight to one out there. The other day, like it was 30, 40, somewhere in that range. So he, he was nowhere near, but now that it looks like Shroud's going to be sitting this week. What if the Texans are eliminated? There's no reason to play Stroud. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point, Aaron. There's no reason. There's no, no reason left to play Stroud if you're done and, if Puka continues to rack up the numbers, hey, six to one, even now, yeah, why not? Yeah, and you had a feeling yesterday before that game, like everyone talking about this record that Sean McVay was going to make sure Puka keeps getting closer and closer to breaking right. it. They've got the Giants and the Niners, um, you know, coming up. So the Giants, he should have a big game against them. I mean, a mm -hmm. what is it, like 130 yards he needs? It's he should definitely be able to get that in two games. Oh, he's breaking it. There's no doubt. They're going to make sure it happens mm -hmm. as long as he's on the field. Yeah. And the Niners game, we don't know if the Niners will be playing for anything. Exactly. Right. Well, we don't know if Grandma's going to figure out how to download Peacock so you can watch the Bills Chargers. But we'll, So we'll get to that one in a minute. But let's start <laughs> with the first game tomorrow. Perfect time to have Chris guest host, huh? Steelers against the Bengals. <laughs> Since he lay in two at Akershire Stadium, no Jamar Chase, but T. Higgins has just been ridiculous the last few weeks. Steelers going with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, which is different from Mitch Trubisky. How? Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> out. They've got other injuries on the defense, both inside linebacker and safety. This continues to get bet, too. It's, it's up to three, and I think 
at least a few spots. Uh, Jake Browning, when he first got inserted in the lineup, had a difficult time against the Steelers that first weekend. Since then, mm-hmm. he's, he's, you know, he's screaming, you should have never bleep and cut me. Um, he's finding something. Uh, this might be a spot for him to continue to find it. I just, I, do, I keep waiting for him, Joe, Jake Browning, to turn back into a pumpkin against the Steelers' <laughs> defense. That's a possibility. I will stay closely watching the Steelers' defense the last few weeks. It's not the same without Minka Fitzpatrick healthy and on the back end. I had to suffer. So now Chris Mack has to suffer <laughs> with the Trubisky experience. Do you think about me every time you see him on the field? Every can, can, time. I can hear you, you imagine his name. <laughs> can you imagine? Oh boy. Like, I for years, for years, I dealt with what are called Trubisky truthers. There were people for three years that, like, no doubt – He just needs the right offense, get rid of Matt Nagy, surround him with weapons, that that guy was going to be an elite quarterback. But uh, anyways, that's neither here nor there. So it's not an upgrade, or is it just it's the same? It's a lateral move? Mason Rudolph is Mitch with a slightly more accurate arm and less mobility. I mean, what are we talking about here? All three of these guys, you know, Pickett, Trubisky, and Rudolph, negligible difference between all three of them. So – this offense, regardless of who's running it, whether it's Mike Sullivan, the quarterback's coach, or Eddie Faulkner, the running back's coach, or Matt yeah. Canada when he was OC, doesn't really matter. They don't have they don't have a quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback in this league, you're not going to be able to go out and win, even against Jake Brown. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I keep hearing people say, this is a Tomlin spot. Well, you know what? Last week was the Tomlin spot. Oh, you know, two weeks ago, it was also the Tomlin spot. Maybe uh-huh. that Tomlin spot isn't coming back around with this group of players anymore. Now, I will add that uh, you do have to look at the Bengals side and all the players that they're going to be missing, including some of their most impactful players like Jamar Chase and DJ Reader, of course. So it could be a big day for that Steelers run game. You would think if they have any sense that that's what they're going to do. But yeah, obviously, uh, Fiery Matt Canada has not fixed everything. In fact, they're scoring less per game since getting rid of uh, Canada. I know there's always drama with Steelers receivers, but hmm. like when you're not winning, it just feels a lot worse. And that's what you're seeing with Pickens and a lack of effort. Guys, I have a tough time back in the Steelers. Like, I understand the case, and I'm not laying it with the Bengals. It's Steelers or nothing, but I, I would look for props. I'm not betting on the Steelers during after this three-game losing streak that I've seen. I mean, it would be fitting to go with Rudolph for, for a Christmas right. game, but I still can't back him either. I'm with Joe. Like, I keep thinking this is a Steelers and a Tomlin spot, and then I just get let down. They keep letting me down ever since I placed the AFC number one seed thing. Mm, like, everything that. is falling apart. <laughs> look it at gets that. worse and worse. <laughs> The Commanders yeah. fan building a jinx for Mike Tomlin so that he may become available on the trade market. How did that? Ah, how did that happen? Yeah. I tell you, man, I would, I would definitely sign up to cover the team again if we got Tomlin. But I do like a couple of props here. We talked about, you know, the Bengals defense has been awful. The run, you know, the run defense terrible. Over the middle terrible. So Chris Mack yesterday, I was in the lab and cooked up a little Pat Fryermuth prop. Ooh, he had nine right. catches. Nine catches the last time they played the Bengals. Over two and a half receptions. I love that play. I, I like that a lot. Rudolph looking for a little <laughs> dump off, a little safety valve. He finds my Penn State guy sitting down in the middle of the field. Pat may not be able to block for crap, but he can catch the ball. We like that. All right, we take the other game for tomorrow night, the Peacock game that Grandma won't be able to find into the next segment. 
with Bills Chargers. We mentioned C.J. Stroud. What about the Texans hosting the Browns? So much more as we roll through Week 16 in for Eddie Gross. Chris Mack alongside Joe and Aaron here on BetQL Daily. Hey, this is Aaron Hawksworth from BetQL Daily. As the year comes to a close, we want to express our heartfelt gratitude for your unwavering support throughout 2023. Happy Holidays. I feel like I should bring us back with some sort of twang here. Um, it's Runline Jenkins. <laughs> that one put me to sleep, Paul. Love you, but let's not run that one back. No, Becky Bell Daily presented by Ben. Right, things out here. Mac is in for Eddie he's in trouble. I, I mean, Mac's yeah. done with it at this point. The last time I co-hosted a show, I think it was like three months ago, and he said the Christmas music's already blaring at the house. Yeah. So oh, at this point, yeah. we've oh, got to yeah. be done. <laughs> Burnt, burnt out is not even does not even begin to describe it uh, in our house. Uh, up next, we got to dive into some AFC and NFC wildcard implications with a couple of games. Both a team that's red hot, Indy visiting the Falcons, a team that's ice cold, Jacksonville visiting the Buccaneers. And what about the Browns? Uh, looking pretty good for a playoff spot now, too, visiting the C.J. Stroudless Texans. But we mentioned Grandma. Trying to find that game on Peacock tomorrow night. No idea where it is or how she's supposed to watch it, but the Chargers are hosting the Bills. This one may not be worth watching anyway. A lot of line movement on this one. It's ended up settling in at 12, 12 and a half. Bills without Micah Hyde. uh, Jordan Phillips to IR. Keenan Allen out on the Chargers side, and I imagine we'll get more of the Easton Stick experiment, which should undoubtedly be fun or something. Um, (laughs) I expect the Bills to handle business here, guys. I, but, Joe, I, 12 is – look, it's entirely likely they cover 12. That, But I just I, – I, I'm not touching it just because I'm not touching it. Like, I, I, It's not that I expect the Chargers to do anything with it. I just – I'm not laying that much on the road, even as well as Buffalo's played the last three, four weeks. And it's challenging to back the Chargers after the lack of effort yeah. that you saw last week, even though the case can be made – that uh, that look, they were intentionally 
trying to lose by as much as possible to get their head coach fired because they're done with the whole Staley experience and they don't want to play for him anymore. Uh, that's a dangerous game to play because you're putting some bad tape out there. And, that, and that's what it was for every uh, Chargers defender. And then we get word that Keenan Allen is out. Uh, we figured that would be the case, but definitely that's the case. And uh, Joey Bosa not ready to return. I'm wondering about the Bills side. Now, they didn't have Micah Hyde last week, and uh looks like he's going to be out for this week. Man, they, they just can't s- s- hold back on these defensive injuries. There's, like, nothing they can do. It's one after another. And even though they're playing great ball, like, you just keep adding up. Yesterday they put uh, defensive tackle Jordan Phillips on IR. And then on the offensive side, I know he's a running back, but he was as impactful as anyone in their big win, aside from Josh Allen, Probably more, actually more so than Josh Allen. James Cook, like, mm-hmm. he's dealing with an illness that a lot of mm-hmm. teams are dealing with as these sicknesses are going through these locker rooms. So I wonder about his availability. He did not practice uh, once again. I know it's a ton of points and it's dangerous, but I am on the charges, guys, plus 12. <gasps> it, it just oh. might be that spot where the Bills don't give that all-out effort that they're gonna that they've been giving over the last couple weeks that they're gonna have to do moving forward. It was funny. I was doing my hit yesterday on WGR, and you know, you know, look, I'm as Aaron reacted that way because I'm all in on the Bills. Like I think they have the ability to make the Super Bowl. I've got them top three in my power rankings right now, and and other people do as well. But um, for them to win the Super Bowl, they probably have to have a nine-game winning streak. Like there's gonna yeah. be a let up spot at some point. It, it feels like they've won many more, but it's only been two games so far. Like offensively, they can do anything, and yeah, it's tough to trust uh, Easton Stick and company, and, and probably a lot of it's gonna go to Joshua Palmer. But I think they can do enough to keep this within two scores. A lot of sharp money came in on the Chargers when it when it got up to thirteen and a half, fourteen early in the week, and we might get back to touching those numbers. Yeah, I could see it because the Chargers have nothing to play for but pride. Like the whole, oh, you fired Staley bump. Does it really matter with a team that has nothing to play for and pretty much already gave up? And then meanwhile, the Bills have more to play for, but they probably don't need to do an all-out effort. Like if James Cook is sick, why even risk injury with him? I was thinking about, Mm -hmm. should I look at a James Cook prop? Because it's 67 and a half. Of course, he rushed for 179 last week. I don't think he'll really repeat that but I don't know I'll probably just honestly stay away I don't even know if I care about watching this because I'm certainly not paying five bucks for Peacock unless I use someone else's login I might just chill and check my app and look at the box score (laughs) yeah this has all the all the earmarks of a game that is just ugly and the bills kind of skate by just enough to win and like you said, Joe, that that does give you reason to, to lean in on the Chargers plus 12. It could also be one where, you know, the Bills score four touchdowns in the first half and never look back and the Chargers check out True. at halftime. Um, that's why I, I agree, yeah. Aaron. It's a, it's a total stay away for me. This one has a lot more implications. Browns at Texans. Um, no C.J. Stroud. Will Anderson still hasn't practiced yet this week. Um, mm-hmm. The question, though, is, is the Joe Flacco bubble – gonna burst right here right before our very eyes i don't i i i just it's it's dumbfounding to me that the browns just about left for dead what a month month and a half ago are now favorites to win themselves a playoff spot with joe flacco at quarterback um 
laying two and a half on the road is probably as safe as this number can get because I, any if, if it gets to three, I'm I'm out. Two and a half, I could live with Joe. I'm still not running to to place this bet because. Look, the, the Texans have been able to figure things out this year. They figure it out with a rookie quarterback. Again, presumptive offensive rookie of the year. I think they can figure it out if they have to survive a week or two without him as well. Uh, I see three right now this morning. So I feel ah. like we, we've gotten there. It's juiced on the Texan side, juiced on the dog side. But we did get there, and it makes sense. I haven't heard of anybody uh, backing the Texans as a, as a short home dog in this spot. Once we got the uh, Once we got word on on the quarterback situation with Stroud. Like as far as the Browns, like look, I'll tell you Fla- a lot of love about Flacco. People saying this is the best quarterback they've they've seen in years and Steven bringing in Watson. They're on the fourth quarterback. This is their best quarterback. He was awful against the Bears last week. He had three interceptions. Could have been a lot more. He had one pick six, probably should have been two. The Bears almost got one inside. They, they ended up inside the five-yard line on a return there. So I wonder if that continues. And the offensive line injuries have really added up on the Cleveland side. And they had another dude go down. They had Betonio go down this past week. So they might be without four of their five starters on that offensive line. And then you've got a statue uh, back there. So, man, the Texans really wish they had Will Anderson. We'll see what the final injury report says today. So, yeah, obviously no good on the quarterback and on the Will Anderson front. But we did get some positivity elsewhere. Like Nico Collins says he's going to be ready to play. He was limited yesterday. Noah Brown, he was limited in yesterday's practice. So I would think in just a, a, a huge matchup for them, a huge game, that those guys are going to be in. Uh, Laramie Tunsil was uh, not practicing early in the week. He practiced in full yesterday. Uh, so I think we're getting some positive news on the Texans. I, I was considering Cleveland, but only at a sub-three number. At, now that we're at three, I'm not interested in buying that. I would be more interested in taking a look at some of the prop plays. Like, Njoku has been on fire, and he's been Flacco's guy over the last two games. His receiving yards prop is 49.5. Last two games, Njoku has 195 yards, three touchdowns, 22 targets. So he's the go-to guy. So if you want to look at Njoku props, I'm good with that. I wonder if we should also look at Texans players' unders, just because – Jim Schwartz is that dude. I love him. And I think if I'm going to back a side here, it would have to just be because of this Browns defense. Number one ranked defense, according to DVOA. Whoever's starting at quarterback, whoever ends up playing for the Texans offensively, I think it's going to be tough for them against this Browns defense. So um, I think I'd just be looking at unders on the Texans side offensively for some props. Yeah, when it does come crashing down for Joe Flacco, it's going to come crashing down in spectacular fashion. I don't mm-hmm. know if this is the week, but you're right. It was ugly last weekend, Joe. Jags uh, in Tampa against a suddenly hot Baker Mayfield in the Bucks. I I did not think those words would come out of my mouth this year, but they just did. No Trevor Lawrence again for Jacksonville. It looks like they're trying to steer out of their three-game skid and do it without Lawrence. The Colts chasing them down. We'll get to Indy in a second. But all of a sudden, everything, you know, a month ago, I felt like the Jags were just sort of casually, comfortably coasting along the AFC South title and everything's going to be fine. And then the Lawrence injury comes at the same time that they start to hit this skid and 
they don't look like the same team, Joe. They look like a team that all of a sudden is worried that every single thing has been magnified and turned up to 11. They're getting three now. Uh, last I checked, again, Tampa has picked things up as of late, and they've got a chance to sort of put the clamps down on the NFC South with New Orleans losing last night. Yeah, this is a six-point move because it was Jacksonville minus three last week, and now it's Tampa Bay minus three. A little bit of that is the overreaction that we saw after the Bucks' performance against Green Bay. I mean, it was impressive. Baker was the passing leader for the week. 381. I don't think anybody saw that coming. And with his four touchdowns, he was spreading it around. It wasn't just the Mike Evans show. Um, Chris Godwin has not been practicing this week, so so we'll see how that settles in. It feels like everything's going against the Jaguars right now. And now that we're at three uh, without Trevor Lawrence, it's tough. The, for me, it's Jacksonville or nothing. So now I'm getting the plus three, and it's a downgrade at backup, but not as bad as we've seen. Um, when you look at Jacksonville and what they did on Sunday night is are they so bad that right now that we're going to see a repeat of that with all the drops, with all the penalties, just the mistakes, uh, the fumbles that happen, which a lot of times comes down to luck or bad luck, uh, just failing to score every time you get into the red zone. And now you're going to the backup quarterback and you're still without Christian Kirk. And it looks like Zay Jones, he's not practicing. He's probably not going to play this week either. I, I want to say Jacksonville, but I just can't get their guys. Like, there's just so much going against them in this final stretch. Yeah, I'm with you. These are two teams going in two different directions. Bucks have won three straight. Jags have lost three straight. And has Doug Peterson lost his fastball? Like, I this is the Jags are almost like the Steelers for me. I keep wanting yeah. to back them, and then they keep letting me down. So. I feel bad saying it once again, but I don't, I don't really want to back the Jags here. And I, I'm not sure. I guess like it would be bucks or nothing, but I don't feel great about it. You know, the, you mentioned Doug Peterson, Aaron, and, and being in a town where people are unhappy with the head coach right now. Like everybody mm-hmm. talks about other viable alternative options or they make comparisons to other things like, oh, well, Philly got away from Andy Reid and Doug Peterson came in and won a Super Bowl. This is where Doug Peterson, you mentioned all the other ancillary stuff, Joe. Like this is where Doug Peterson proves that he's more than just a cool play caller right? And more than just a quarterback mm-hmm. whisperer. This is where you start to eliminate the penalties, eliminate the drops, get past the injuries. And this is where a head coach starts to prove himself. If you're Doug Peterson, you steer out of the three game skid, even on the road against a red hot offense. This is the opportunity to do it. Um, three is three is the number. I, I don't have a problem with that. I just, I don't know if they, if they really do clean up the mistakes enough to to, yeah. to get out of there alive against Tampa. I mentioned the Colts uh, since we were talking AFC South and uh, Jacksonville being chased down by Indy. Indy at Atlanta, another quarterback change in Atlanta. I speaking of head coaches, how does Arthur Smith still have a job? Oh He's completely goodness. screwed up the quarterback situation in Atlanta. Indy's won five of their last six. You look up, all of a sudden, Shane Steichen is the favorite for coach of the year, at plus 280. Bill Cowher is stumping for him on... Pat McAfee's show, uh, people in India are ready to throw a parade if they can just get into the playoffs, much less maybe chase Jacksonville down for the division, Joe. And now this thing is at two and a half in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. I'll take the Colts on the road here. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, a lot of sharp money back in the Falcons. I don't get it, man. Like people people tell me that Heineke's an upgrade over Ritter. Okay. 
I mean, Ritter's been all right. At least there have been a few games where Ritter has just had monstrous games. Like, he's thrown for 300 yards. Like, he's been all right. I, I look more at the coaching. Like, you started off. I, I think it's more in Arthur Smith. And their most talented players are not put in positions to succeed. They're barely on the field. They're just not getting the ball, which just is confounding. I don't get it. The guy needs to be fired already, and I guess they're waiting until the end of the season, and Arthur Blank's going to move on uh, from that. I mean, that was pathetic last week. How do you rack up? I don't care what the conditions are. How do you rack up 204 yards against Carolina? Like That was so pathetic. Yeah, you want to talk about a coaching mismatch? Right here. Probably one of the biggest of the week when you look at Steichen against Arthur Smith. So, you know, I've pushed back on the Colts all season long, and it's not like, okay, they are winning games, and it's hard to be impressed because the schedule just – the teams that they're beating, just Pittsburgh, Tennessee – New England, Carolina in there. It's like, it, it's hard to walk away, but your record is your record. And they're in the mix to win the division. I no interest in the Falcons. Like a lot of betters are, uh, are, are spouting out this week. I don't get that at all. Me either. Uh, I might look at Heineke on his rushing prop though. 14 and a half. That dude can run the ball. Uh, but Arthur Smith, also, shave your mustache, dude. You can only have that if you're winning. That thing bothers That's me. That's a good call. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, one of the games of the week. Bothers Cowboys, me. Dolphins, and a side of Raiders Chiefs as well here on the BetQL Network. I'm starting to wonder if Paul just, like, saw, like, an acoustic Christmas CD on the no. shelf at the local coffee shop and just snagged it and sent it to Jake. Here's what I'm thinking. That there's no doubt in the moment when he sent Jake the songs, like he was smoking some. He was mellow. He was he had the munchies. It's a good right vibe, here. man. I like this. I mean, one. he was feeling himself. He had a hemp necklace on, the whole thing. <laughs> I'm starting to think that these are Paul Aspen originals, actually. <laughs> Yeah, you are at Joan's house. So his mom uh, was a music oh, teacher. So it yeah. is possible Famously. they, oh, they uh, created did this. The, did the Aspens get together last night? Get the recorder out? Not a very Aspen Christmas. Matching pajamas. Listen guys. Listen, guys, this is our chance to go mainstream. Let's do this. <laughs> I think just, it just Paul with the little shaker. Dan Aspen Paul. on the triangle. Actually, yep. There is actually, I think, a video of me with Damn. his shaker, like doing the shaker thing. Uh, like instrument. Let me see if I'm I sure there it. is. <laughs> All right, relax, Jake. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back into BetQL Daily, presented by BetMGM. Chris Mack and Fred Egros. Things off the rails alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. Happy holidays. Hope you're getting ready to enjoy it with you and your friends or family. And that you may sit together in a jam band-like circle and come up with your own music this weekend. Uh, Raiders Chiefs this weekend. Raiders getting 10 in Kansas City. I don't know. Does beating the Patriots really prove anything? Does it give you any confidence that the Chiefs are quote-unquote fixed on offense? Two of their nine wins this year have come against teams with winning records. The rest, mm-mm, not so much. Um, I don't know, Joe, if 
the Chiefs aren't really what we say all the time about the Dolphins and the Eagles and the Cowboys when we say, uh, who have they beaten again? Uh, the Chiefs are starting to look like they haven't really beaten anybody either. The Chiefs are the, the Dolphins or the Eagles or the Cowboys, but with a pop star girlfriend. <laughs> Nobody's really talking about the Chiefs for good reason. Right? Like, they haven't really earned that at this point. If they're not playing a top team, we're not going to talk about it. We didn't talk about it last week much with the Patriots. And I didn't see that reaction. And I, I think that was your point overall that, yeah, now they have to prove it to us is mm-hmm. is kind of my mindset with the Chiefs. Like, hey, they did put up 27 points against a strong defense. So that's something, but not something I'm going to overreact to in any sense. Uh, good news for the Chiefs, though, that it looks like Pacheco's back. They were missing him a bit over the last uh, few weeks, so that's good. Uh, Tony not practicing, maybe that ends up being good with the season that he's had. Now, Chris Jones, one of these guys dealing with an illness this week, not sure that he's going to be out there uh, for their defense. We just saw this a few weeks ago under Antonio Pierce, uh, the Chiefs and the Raiders, and Chiefs ended up winning by a couple of touchdowns. But um, what we saw in that game, it wouldn't surprise me if we saw a lot of the same stuff. And I'm not talking about a Chiefs win and cover. I'm talking about some of the players that ended up going off in that game. Josh Jacobs, he did not practice, but the reports have been that he's on track to play. And, you know, we got to wait until Monday for this one. So we're not going to have a ton of information until we get into the weekend. Um, but when they played in week 12, Jacobs carried the rock 20 times, 110 yards, one touchdown. I'm going to be looking at Josh Jacobs' props. As long as uh, all, all the word is good on him that he does, he is uh, cleared to play and in on this. Once they post those props, I'll be taking a look. I only see touchdown right now. That's not a bad look. Plus 165 for an anytime touchdown. So that'll be big. And, um, you know, if, if you're thinking about backing Vegas, you got to make sure Crosby's in because he was not practicing yesterday either. So a lot of uh, a lot of key names possibly not going to be in in this one. But overall, I've liked what I've seen out of Antonio Pierce. Six games, Aaron. They're three and three straight up. Give me the Raiders. Double digit oh. road dogs. I love it. When they played last time, the Raiders were in that game. It wasn't until. The yeah. second half, when the Chiefs put their foot on the gas pedal and Antonio Pierce was like, well, yeah, we kind of expected this. It is the Chiefs. So now, I mean, you've got the Raiders coming off that incredible performance. I don't expect it to be quite like that against this Chiefs team. But I kind of think these are teams like the Raiders have gone, have exceeded expectations since they last played the Chiefs. And the Chiefs, I think, are more disappointing. So I think they can cover this number. Maybe they'll lose by nine. We'll see. But uh, I think I think Raiders plus 10 is a good look here. Yeah, what's interesting is outside of the New England game, you go back and look at the yardage this Chiefs defense has been giving up lately. It's, it's not pretty. Uh, to Buffalo, to Green Bay, almost 400 yards of offense. Last time against the Raiders, to your point, Aaron, over 350 yards of offense given up. This was a defense that was sort of covering the offense's backside for a month, month and a half there when they couldn't figure things out or when guys just couldn't hold on to the football. And they haven't been able to do that as much over the course of the last four to five weeks. We'll see if the Raiders take advantage of it this time. All right. I I mentioned teams that, what have you done? Who have you beaten? Cowboys, Dolphins, a chance to maybe answer some questions against each other. Uh, The 425 national game, 425 Eastern national game on Fox on Christmas Eve. 
Cowboys down to just one point dogs. Dolphins. Uh, look, you got Devon Achan practicing again yesterday. Tyreek Hill practicing again yesterday. If they have all their weapons available, maybe not 100%, but at the very least available, you're going up against a Dallas defense. Uh, I heard John Daigle mention this the other day, and we'll have him on in about 15 minutes, that in big spots it's just been absolutely steamrolled by opposing running games like they were by James Cook last week. And so they go on the road to visit the fourth-best rushing offense in the league. I really like Miami in this spot, Joe. And um, it doesn't matter if it's Mostert, if it's HN. It, it does not matter to me. They will find a way to run the ball on Dallas. You're, you're right as far as both teams get, being given the opportunity to shut people up because mm-hmm. they are looked at, at, at as teams that, okay, look, you do fine against the bottom feeders, but it, when, when it comes down to beating the top-tier competition or Super Bowl contenders, they don't do it most of the time. The Cowboys did it once, but a lot of the times they don't do it. And the da- Dallas has struggled on the road a bit. Uh, last week was an awful spot. That was an awful spot, and the run of games that the Cowboys are dealing with, it's been rough. Um, you mentioned some of the key injuries, and yeah, yeah, seeing on a Thursday Tyreek and HN getting limited work in, you would think that they're going to be ready for this one because they need it. I mean, the Bills are on their heels, man. They just need to gain one game of their next two weeks with tough opponents for the Bills, and then week 18, the AFC East is going to come down to that game where that could be for a two or a three seed. So, I mean, the, every game for Miami is massive moving forward. I'm wondering about the offensive line. Now, four starters are dealing with injuries. So Armstead got in a limited practice. That was good. Same thing for the center, Eichenberg. But their guard, Robert Hunt, was not practicing. Their other tackle, Austin Jackson, was not practicing yesterday. So I, I'm certainly wondering about that. I'm expecting a bounce-back performance from the Cowboys. Kind of underreported how... Ten guys were dealing with the flu in that tough matchup against the Bills on the road last week. So, you know, the numbers come down to one this morning at BetMGM. Some Dallas support there, and uh, and I'm with them. I think the Cowboys do bounce back, and they win this uh, tough road game. Wow. Yeah, I can't back the uh, Cowboys. What do we think about Tyree Kill? Because I could see the Dolphins playing from behind. I might stay away from, like, Raheem Mostert props but it he did practice yesterday Tyree Kill did this feels like a game where they really need him doesn't it if they're gonna stick yeah. around oh, with yeah. the Cowboys they've got to be balanced on offense and that's you know it, 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 it against some of those bottom feeders like Joe mentioned yeah you you can just lean into Mostert and or HN and you, you it doesn't have to be pretty you don't have to light up the scoreboard this is this is one where, and the total reflects it, 49 and a half, right? This is a game where you're going to have to score points to win, and that's going to mm-hmm. require a balanced offense. Otherwise, Michael Parsons starts to tee off on Tua. Otherwise, Tua maybe mm-hmm. puts the ball in a bad spot, and now it's going back the other way. Hey, this, is, this is where, again, to bring it back to coaching a little bit, this is where we find out if, if McDaniel is really the whiz kid that so many of us believe he is. Dial up something against Dallas that keeps your offense balanced, especially if it has to be without Tyreek Hill. Eesh. Something that keeps your offense balanced and can still put up points. Um, that's that's yeah. a challenge a- against the Cowboys. I, I still like Miami because I, I do think that, that Tyreek Hill is going to be out there. And if he, even if he's out there as a decoy, I think we've seen that that can provide problems for an opposing defense. Um, but it, it's this is... 
this is a one-point game for a reason. Yeah. I, the Dolphins, their wins, you, you uh, look them up, it's like, man, they haven't faced top-tier offense as much this year. They're going to see it over these final few weeks. And you could look at their defensive numbers, and they are impressive under Vic Fangio. Like I, I expected Vic to have this team rolling by the time we got to this point in the season. And, and that's the case right now, and they're healthy on that side of the ball. But they haven't faced an offense like this. And uh, I, I wonder, are they going to rise to the occasion, or are they going to stumble here at the very end on their way into the playoffs? Uh, I think the Cowboys will do the latter, but it does concern me. You look at the Dolphins and all the injuries. I mean, almost everyone has a red Q next to their name. So Mm -hmm. I I hope, you know, that they can overcome this because it's definitely going to be a challenge. And I don't see any uh, props listed on the Dolphins side yet. So, but I might be looking there because this is an important game. Tyreek? Tyreek ones? Yeah. I don't see Tyreek. I don't see Waddle. Yeah, yeah, um, because everything's going to be affected injury. by by Hill and his availability, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and and but you're it's it's look they can like I said keep a balanced offense. You saw how they handled things. Granted, the the opposition was completely different, but you saw how they handled things with Hill out um, and and just lean into Jalen Waddle last week. Um, do, can they do mm-hmm. that against a, a defense like Dallas's? I, I don't know, but it's something to keep an eye on when the props do start to hit. We'll find out more, obviously, later this afternoon when we find out what uh, a more official designation may be for Tyreek Hill and A-Chan as well. It's BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Check us out on your Odyssey app. Take us with you wherever you're headed this holiday season. It's free. Download it today, A-U-D-A-C-Y. John Daigle from 4 for 4 and BetSparts joins us next with his favorite plays for Week 16 right here on BetQL Daily on the BetQL Network.